You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Welcome back to College Football Coast to Coast. The season is now over after our national championship game the other night on Monday night uh, between the Georgia Bulldogs and the TCU Horned Frogs. Uh, Tyler is with me on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Um, yes, guys, we're a little late with the episode. Um, it's been kind of hectic, busy. If you guys didn't see, we did a watch party for the national championship game. It wasn't much of a watch party because of what we'll get into. Um, and that being the game itself, uh, of course, it was played at SoFi Stadium in L.A. Well, in Inglewood, California. Uh, let me get that right. Not L.A., even though all the L.A. teams, you know, played in Inglewood. Uh, this game, Tyler, was very interesting. Um, very unexpected for some unless you're a georgia fan uh but we'll open with the national championship game itself of course it is brought to you by fanatics of course the georgia bulldogs do win 65 to 7 over the tcu horn frogs and if you georgia fans want to go out there and get your national championship gear now is the time to do that you guys can use the link in our show right there on your screen. Also, if you're watching the live and uh, go get your championship merch because uh, another year uh, you can either change the number on your shirt that you already have to 2023 instead of 2022, or you can go buy some new merch. I suggest you buy some new word, new merch and uh, come help us out over here on college football, coast to coast. Uh, Tyler, I'll get your thoughts first, you know, on this game um, and what you saw uh, first from Georgia, um, how Georgia was able to move the ball and score. And, of course, uh, the ineffective uh, offensive TCU and how they handled. Yeah, like you uh, mentioned, we had our national championship watch party and we stuck it out uh, even through uh, the bad times and, and how boring it was because, I read an article actually today that this was the lowest rating, like TV ratings that the national championship has gotten and in quite some time. And the score you can see right there, uh, 65 to seven. And like you mentioned, I'll start with Georgia, just complete domination from start to finish. Uh, this team uh, was supposedly doubted all season. You could hear all the players saying like, so all the people are saying that we went seven and five uh, and six and six. I don't know if Kirby smart, just said that and lied to them because I didn't see anybody say that at the start of the season. I know that they had that really question mark. They lost 15 guys. Uh, most uh, on the defensive side lost Jordan Davis. N'Kobe Dean was really the top two guys. They lost uh, some of their uh, – George Pickens uh, was one of their top receivers. But really, they were a top three team going into the season. They're ranked number three. And if you remember, they – had a couple of weeks at number one, and then they had to just put Tennessee at number one just so what Tennessee was doing, especially after that Alabama win. And then we see Georgia and Tennessee step up on the field, and Georgia flexes their muscles, and they get the number one, and they don't really give up at all. So, I mean, Georgia was the number one 
the team. They showed it from start to finish in this game. Uh, TCU did get the ball in this one. It was a quick uh, three and out. And then Georgia didn't take a much. Stetson Bennett, the first drive that they get, 21-yard rush by Bennett. And then the next drive was just killer for TCU. Uh, they got the ball. They weren't necessarily driving down the field, but they were starting to pick up some first downs. And then TCU fumbles the ball. And then all of a sudden, Georgia has great field position. Uh, credit for TCU's defense, Georgia did get into the red zone, but they were to hold them, so it gets it to, to 10 nothing. And then really the floodgates just uh, start out to that. Uh, we did have uh, – TCU did come back. Uh, they scored their alone touchdown uh, the play after that. Uh, Max Duggan did get a two-yard rush. Uh, there was some hype if y'all missed it in the national championship watch party. These two bozos, uh, Jacob – and Chet decided to do a live money line bet on TCU. It was a plus five seventy five bet. Uh, they just put in five bucks, so it's not like they they really like lost a lot of money on that. But that was the closest that TCU got. Georgia after that, we saw a couple of runs by Stetson Bennett. We saw another run by Stetson Bennett, but six total touchdowns by Bennett as he's going to be concluding uh, his collegiate career. He is a twenty five year old quarterback. I mean he. He's older than some of these quarterbacks that's going to re, that we're going to be seeing in the NFL playoffs uh, in a couple couple of days. Uh, so I got to give credit uh, to Georgia. I think that Georgia's defense uh, really shut down uh, TCU. Uh, there was a lot of hype uh, around TCU, especially after that Michigan win. And I'm hearing a lot of people. I'm sure that we'll be talking about this. I think that TCU uh, definitely deserved to be in the college football playoff. I just don't think that they will ever match with a team like Georgia or an Alabama or Ohio State. I know that they beat Michigan. Michigan now is probably saying to themselves, like, wow, that is embarrassing that we couldn't even beat this TCU team. But I think the fan base that really hurts from this is Ohio State because they played probably the best game against Georgia. They lost by one. And they could be – if they beat them, and then they probably cruise uh, to win against TCU. So never know. I bet that Ohio State fans are – are definitely uh, asking themselves that question. But congratulations, Georgia. Back-to-back is a tough do. And e- either collegiate sports, professional sports, is always hard to do. We haven't seen it since the 2011-2012 Alabama team. Uh, but Georgia's creating something special down there in Athens. Yeah, they are. They're brewing something up there. Um, of course, we'll get you know later on to you know the effect of what Georgia brings to college football itself. Uh, but, you know, my thoughts on this game, you know, I do agree with you, Tyler. So Georgia was able to score the ball very easily in this one, almost too easily. Um, TCU's defense, you know, I mentioned a lot, you know, during uh, the live broadcast, you know, that, you know, TCU's going to have to come up with something other than that three-three-five because Georgia figured it out almost immediately. Yeah, I mean they knew how to take advantage of the three three five. You know, Sonny Dykes decided to throw out there. Um, you know, I think everybody knows already that TCU is an offensive team. Um, they're in the Big Twelve, which is an offensive minded you know conference. So I, I I see why you know they are the way they are. You know, the SEC in in Georgia themselves you know pride themselves on defense. I mean that's that's their strong suit. And they came up with a great uh, defensive scheme to get to Max Duggins. I mean, they really had no problem with that. I was worried about that um, as far as TCU's offensive line went. I knew that Georgia's defensive line wouldn't make the same mistake twice in letting you know somebody like C.J. Stroud 
He was able to stand back there and throw the ball all he wanted. And that's kind of how Georgia got into trouble. Um, so there was a lot of pressure brought on Max Duggan. And, and I think Duggan did the best he could with what he had. I mean, that, that's, you know, as much as you can really say about it. They don't have uh, any way to do a two running back tandem system. They weren't really able to run the ball effectively in this one. A couple of decent runs, but other than that, really uh, a lot of east-west passing, screen passes that I just didn't, you know, you and I both looked at at each other and kind of shook our head going, what are they doing? They need to move the ball north-south. Uh, they trailed this entire game, uh, and it just wasn't there other than the big pass play for, you know, what set it up to be a touchdown. Uh, I, I Turnovers were a big problem for, for TCU. You know, Max Duggan threw a couple of picks. Um and it just went, you know, you had a fumble early on in the first half, and that's how Georgia, you know, you held Georgia to a field goal there, but still, I mean, it's points that you can't give up to a team like that, especially points off of turnovers. Um, that was my biggest thing. Uh, I think if we saw Georgia and Ohio State in a national championship, you know, that game that we saw there would have been a better national championship game or even the TCU and Michigan game. You know, those two games were fantastic. We talked so much about how the semifinal games were really, really good, you know, and was shaping up for a really, you know, hard-hitting national championship game, and that's not what we got, you know, for the first time. Um, <clears throat> I think, yeah, I don't see TCU being being a factor um, any longer, especially looking in the next season. Um, you know, but of course, before we get into, you know, who's going to be the factor, you know, for, for the next season and who, you know, who we think is going to be there, um, we'll get into the final AP rankings, um, in our AP top, AP top 10 check-in. Um, you guys can see on our screen if you are watching live, um, kind of our AP top 10 as we finish out the season. Of course, Georgia finishes at number one as your back-to-back -back national champion. Number two, TCU finishes, um, you know, they lose, but they don't move because it's the national championship game. Uh, Three is Michigan and four is Ohio State. Both of them stay there, obviously. Um, you know, being in the playoff really doesn't cause you to move anywhere. You're gonna kind of sit there regardless. Alabama stays at five after their big, huge uh Sugar Bowl win over K State. Uh six, Tennessee takes the number six spot there uh after they blow out Clemson. Uh, you know, all these games, you know, that we've talked that we're gonna talk there's a lot of blowouts. I mean in the in the top you know, 25, not really in the top 10 for the rest of these teams. Number seven, Penn State, uh, after their big Rose Bowl win in uh, Pasadena for the Rose Bowl. Uh, number eight is Washington. Washington got their big win. Uh, great for that program there. So they come in at number eight. Number nine, Tulane. Tulane wins the Cotton Bowl against USC, and they jump all the way up to number nine. It is fantastic to see them inside the top ten, which is crazy. Uh, but, of course, their last second drive to win it uh, really capped it off, kept off their amazing season and the biggest uh, FBS, come, uh, FBS turnaround uh, in the history of college football. So, And number ten, of course, is Utah. Utah lo loses that game to Penn State. Kind of a big loss to Penn State. I'm surprised to see Utah here at ten. That's my uh, it's my biggest question mark as far as that goes. I, I I'm 
kind of curious of why they're there at 10 when there's a couple of other teams that could have been there. Uh, for me, I thought Florida State would have been a good team to go there at number 10. Um, it just felt like there should have been a team that won a bowl game sitting there at the number 10 spot to round it out. But those are my thoughts on it, Tyler. Um, of course, looking at the entire encompassing at all, um, you know, our top 25 with our risers and fallers, um, you know, that is brought to you by Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. If you guys want to go check out all of the great brews and views in downtown Houston, you guys can check that out over at Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company that you can visit their website also and see what else they have to offer. They're always rolling out new stuff there in the brewery. So you guys can check that out at www.buffbrew.com. That is www.buffbrew.com. Tyler, I want to get your thoughts, of course, on the risers and fallers inside the top 25 and also your one team, you know, inside the top 10 that you don't think belongs there or, you know, their seating, you know, is wrong. Yeah, I'll go first uh, with the riser. I think that you could probably guess uh, this team is in the top 10 and that is none other then the two-lane green wave, baby. Roll wave. What a season it was. Uh, I keep mentioning going from 2-10 and 10 to a 12-2 and two season. I know that they had I, – I, like both of us weren't even on this team. We were both on Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. That was our top three going into the preseason. Boy, we were wrong. If you want to go back to our preseason uh, predictions that uh, we have, it, uh, it would definitely be a good listen uh, now to see you know how right and how wrong we were in that. But it's got to be two-lane for me. It's definitely going to be interesting – to see the future of this Tulane program going into 2023, especially under the new American Athletic Conference. So you'll be bringing in uh, some of the Conference USA teams are going to be joining uh, since you have uh, UCF, uh, Houston are going to be leaving uh, for the Big 12, and then BYU will also be in the Big 12. Uh, but Tulane, I mean, no one really doubted. People were doubting this team uh, more than anyone this season. No one really stood a chance that they were picked pretty much dead last uh, in their American Athletic Conference Championship. But their offense uh, really under Michael Pratt did a good job. Uh, Ty J. Spears had a big game against USC. We brought it up when we were talking about that game, over 200 yards uh, and four touchdowns. You'll be losing him, but Pratt will be coming back. And then the defense, I think, uh, it was a little rocky road of a start uh, to begin the season, uh, especially against uh, some of these American Athletic uh, Championship, uh, you know, in the American Athletic Con Conference Championship game, they won. But the first matchup against UCF, uh, the Tulane's defense just really didn't get a stand a chance. I know they gave up uh, 40 points uh, to uh, USC, uh, but that's uh, you're going up against uh, Kale Williams and, and that offense, so that's a tough bet. So Tulane's my riser, uh, my faller to me. There's definitely a lot of teams that can be in this instance. I feel like a lot of teams uh, were disappointing uh, like we've all mentioned, we mentioned uh, all the Big 12 teams. Uh, to me, it's got to be Texas uh, falling four spots uh, to number 25. Just so much hype, I feel like, is around this program. I'm just waiting for them to be their year. I think that next year uh, in 2023, well, now this year in 2023, I keep saying next year, but we're in the year. Uh, but next season, I feel like you're with Quinn Ewers, he's going to be in the competition at least. I feel like they're going to give Arch Manning you know, a chance uh, to compete for the competition at the quarterback. But in my opinion, I think that Quinn Ewers uh, will be your guy. You'll have to replace B. John Robinson, one of the best running backs in all of college football, and then you're going to be losing some key guys on the defensive side. So Texas' defense, I think, is going to be as important as their offense. I think their offense is still going to be good. You're getting some weapons back uh, in the receiver spot. I bet 
they're going to get some guys in the transfer portal. They always do. Uh, but I think that their defense was really the main concern. You look at their losses. I know the Alabama uh, loss. So that was the best that we have seen this Texas defense in a long time. But you look back at like the Texas, Texas Tech game, giving up 34 to them. Washington, they really didn't stand a chance in that one. So I think that Texas uh, now looking into to this season, uh, the Big 12, uh, TCU is going to be a question mark. I do think that you're getting three former Alabama five stars. So that's a good sign for you, but you're losing Duggan. You're losing a, your best receiver in Quentin Johnson. And then I think that uh, with the new Big 12, it, it's definitely going to be a, a conference uh, to watch. So I think that Texas, this could be the upcoming season where they make some noise. Yeah, you know, for me, my riser is going to be the team that played Texas in that bowl game there. Uh, my riser is Washington. I think the Huskies, you know, going back they finished the season really really strong uh they played well i mean really out of their last five games three of them were against teams that were ranked inside the top 25 that is counting the bowl game uh so you know they get a a field goal win over oregon state who's a powerhouse um that is going to have to be watched out for this next season uh they go on the road and they beat oregon who was ranked at six at the time uh come back home shellac colorado but colorado's not going to be that same team anymore uh you know you take care of washington state on the road easy uh with 51 you put up 51 there after you just put up 54 at home against colorado you know and then you go over to the alamo bowl and you play against texas who's you know arguably the the biggest talk of the town when it comes to next season um but they take care of them with the touchdown win, 27 to 20. I just think that Washington has handled the second half of the season so well that uh, it's hard to it's hard to count them out uh, for next season. But you know, we'll talk a little bit more about the Pac-12. And you know, you're losing two schools in a couple of years, but it might be the strongest conference. Uh, coming up here really, really quickly when we look at next season, based you know just based off of rankings and competitiveness within the conference itself. Chet uh, chimed in uh, and said Colorado got that prime time power. Yes, Chet. Uh, we'll see what uh, Coach Prime you know can bring uh, to Colorado for this next season. You know, we'll talk a little bit more you know, about that you know later this this off season. Uh, but for my faller, um, I think my faller has to be Clemson. There was a lot more expectation coming from Clemson, especially going into this bowl game with the Orange Bowl. Uh, I just wanted them to put up some kind of fight, and there just wasn't at all. Um, you know, you don't have DJ anymore. I get that. Uh, but losing by 17 uh, to Tennessee, who's playing with their backup quarterback, uh is pretty bad. I mean, turnovers were really bad. You just saw the inexperience of Cade Klubniak, you know, really with this Clemson offense. Uh, Defensively, Clemson couldn't hold Tennessee. Tennessee had a lot of big plays down the field uh, that they were able to take advantage there. I just think Tennessee, the way uh, they were able to stay the course this season, you know, even after – the South Carolina nightmare, you know, I, I, there was still some hope there, you know, and I thought, you know, it's really going to be, you know, the tail of the tape, whether they come back and continue, you know, playing strong 
or you know they go under the rabbit hole and we don't see them till next season uh, after that. But no, they came out uh, and they played a fantastic game in that one. You know, just it, it's tough to uh, see what's going to come in the future from Clemson. Uh, I'm really curious. It's going to be a lot of off season work. I mean they they have a lot to do to to come up and if they want to compete for and be back you know, in the top four for next season for a national championship. Uh, So moving on to uh, our kind of way, 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 way too early. early. We still got 236 (laughs) days until kickoff of the next season. So the way too early uh, ESPN top 25 uh, will give you kind of the top 10 as they sit. As of right now, who ESPN thinks that you know should be there in the top ten uh, for next season, we'll give you our opinions on it um, soon after I run through it. Of course, at number one we have Georgia; they'll stay there. Ohio State jumps to number two with Michigan following at three. Florida State jumps all the way up to number four. Alabama stays right at five. Penn State at six. Uh, moving down the list a little further is USC at number seven, LSU at eight, Oregon at nine and Tennessee at 10. So in that list right there, you have one, two, three, four teams in the SEC, one, two, three teams in the big 10, two pack 12 teams and an ACC team. Um, Tyler, what, now, my question to you is uh, what stands out the most out of the top 10 um, and, and who could be that team to make, you know, that Cinderella run, uh, you know, outside in the top 25? Because, uh, you know, Cinderella run would be a team that's you know not considered in this list uh, yeah. when we think about it. So, you know, who's your team for that as well? Yeah, there's always a team uh, that I look at in these way too early uh, top 10 uh, that's either too high or too low. Like we always have that one team that's highly ranked and then they fall out. I think that one team to me is USC. I just feel like the Pac-12 is going to be loaded uh, this year. It's just going to – it's not like I'm saying that they're not going to be good or anything. I think that they're going to be – you know, their offense is going to be good. Their defense is still in question mark. But I feel like Utah is going to be good as well. Cam Risen's come back – coming back for his senior year. We've talked about Oregon State of what they're returning. I mean, they have DJU coming in, but he probably won't even get the job. It'll probably be Gulbertson being their starting a quarterback. Uh, their defense has also improved as well. You have Oregon right behind them. I think that Oregon is going to be better uh, than USC. So I just feel like the Pac-12 is going to beat each other up. So to me, USC is going to be the team that's on this list that's going to fall out. We'll see what the real AP poll is, but we won't see that until August. Uh but I think the team that I'm really looking, like really looking at my eyes for is number four, Florida State. I mean, this team is going to be absolutely loaded. And they're coming off of a 10-win season that really no one expected them. I think that a lot of people are going like, okay, if they get eight wins, then that's a good season for Florida State. But we're all going to be watching that matchup. Florida State LSU is going to be easily a top 10 matchup, maybe a top five matchup, depending on, you know, if LSU jumps the likes of Alabama and, and Penn State in this early pull, I could easily see LSU be at number six uh, heading in uh, to the 2023 season. But Florida State, you're returning Jordan Travis, losing some of your wide receivers, but your defense is going to be the best defense in the ACC. 
And like I told you right now, if we were doing our preseason show, Florida State would be my pick for the ACC. Wouldn't even be close to me. Clemson, I know uh, you're running Cade Klubniak over there. I still have some question marks of what he can do when, whenever he faces his Florida State defense. That's definitely going to be a question mark. But I feel like even if Florida State loses to LSU, I think that's still a good loss. I think whoever uh, – I think that Florida State, if you're really looking at the two teams, Florida State can really afford a loss in that game. LSU really can uh, with the schedule uh, that they have in the SEC. You still have to play Alabama, Florida, and the likes of that. So – I think looking at Florida State's schedule outside of the LSU game, I think they can win every game. So I think that they could easily go 11-1, and 12-0, and be in the playoff for the first time since the Jameis Winston days. Yeah, it's very possible with Mike Norvell there. I mean, um, for me, the team that doesn't belong there in the top 10, uh, for me, is probably going to be... Get ready. Get ready. I'm ready. Alabama. Whoa! Uh, okay. I think Alabama isn't gonna be there inside the top ten. I can see them sitting at eleven, twelve, somewhere in that range. Teams around them them are getting really good. Um, you know, I'm not sure how their their non conference is gonna play out next season. Um, but of course, it's gonna be light work. Um, I think Alabama should open the season against a team inside the top 10 um it's always a good test but that probably won't happen um alabama's the biggest question mark uh for me in the sec because of them losing bryce young you lose your best defensive player arguably uh both of them to the nfl draft who's waiting you know in, in you know in the hallways of of alabama to to take control of that offense uh, you know, you saw Milrow for a little bit while Bryce Young was out, but uh, I, I think that Alabama is a team that can be put on alert uh, just by their play this season. People know that Alabama is a team that's vulnerable, even with their best players like Bryce Young and Will Anderson. So without those guys um, and a young receiving core, it's going to be very interesting to see how next season goes and what what they really do because uh, Alabama might become very one dimensional with the run here looking at next season. And it can be stopped very easily by a lot of these teams in the sec Chet chimed in and said, not even trying to be biased here, but I think the West is going to be run by LSU. Uh, we will see what happens, Chet. I'm not going to agree or disagree uh, with your statement. Uh, we'll see what happens um, with that, because I don't think any of us know, especially after the season, what in the world's going to happen. Uh, of course, it's all a prediction at the end of the day. So I, I, I see that being uh, my team that doesn't belong in the top 10. As far as a team outside that can make a decent run, not that they're going to make a national championship run, but a decent run uh, for me is probably Duke. Um, I know it's a little wacky, but I, I think Duke actually had a really good season this year. Um, and, and I think they can build off of it. I, I, they have the right coaching in place. They've got a young, uh, good bunch of guys, the fiery bunch that really want to go out there and play for their school, you know, and for that, that, uh, organization. So I, I really think that it, um, it's a lot to look at in the ACC because, you know, Florida state's kind of being, uh, pictured as that, that top team in the ACC now. So I, I think that, Duke can 
honestly be that team to make some upsets within the ACC. They had some good wins in the ACC this year. I mean, they're only a three-loss team at the end of the season, and they still miss out on the top 25, which is you know pretty wild. But, uh, you know, the win against UCF, I mean, was a convincing win. And uh, UCF is no slouch. I mean, they haven't, they've been up and down all season, but it was a good team. And, uh, you know, Duke handled that really well. They have a veteran quarterback back there that knows what he's doing. So I look for them to be my team on the rise coming up here next season. Man, I like it. Uh, before we get into to Jet's comment, I, I'm just going through the rest of the top 25. At first, I wasn't going to say all of it, but I got to do it. There's like some teams that, that I'm definitely shocked that's in the top 25. So we'll go through the rest of it. So number 11 is Washington. Number 12 is TCU. I don't think that's really a, any concern. Number 13, Utah. I feel like that's a little bit low to me, especially with – I know that they're losing Dalton Kincaid. That was one of their best uh, tight ends. They're losing a couple of linebackers, Mohamed Diabate. I feel like that's going to be a team that's going to be reckoned with uh, in the Pac-12. Notre Dame at 14, that's going to be an interesting one, especially with Sam Hartman uh, joining that team. You do lose uh, Michael Mayer to that team. Uh, number 15 is Clemson. We'll see. I think this is kind of a question mark uh, for the Clemson Tigers. I think that they can definitely – uh, run it through the ACC, uh, but I feel like Florida State's going to be that team in their division. 16 is Texas, uh, so we see Texas once again be highly ranked. We will see if they stay there uh, for this season. Uh, number 17 is Oregon State, so the Beavers are getting some love from ESPN. I think I agree with that. I think that the Pac-12, you're seeing it already. Those are four teams already. You had USC and Oregon in the top 10, and you're seeing Washington, Utah, and now Oregon State, so uh, that's just saying that the Pac-12 is going to be absolutely loaded next year. So number 18 is Kansas State. That's definitely going to be an interesting team. I know you you lose uh, Deuce Vaughn, but you still got some uh, key additions. Uh, Adrian Martinez will be back for your team. Will Howard will also be back as well. Number 19 is Tulane. So we'll see if the Green Wave can go back-to-back -back in the American. Number 20 is Ole Miss. That's our next SEC team uh, we see. A lot of question marks with that team, but they're definitely young on both sides of the ball. They'll be getting Jackson Dart back. Number 21 is North Carolina. Drake May and the Tar Heels are still in the top 25. Number 22 is UTSA. I agree with that. I mean, what's the Conference USA going to be? I mean, teams are going to be going out the door. UTSA is probably be the only good team in there. Uh, number 23 is a team that we're both high on is Texas Tech. I think that's going to be a team that to keep your eye out. This is my team to go on a TC run. I know that they're going to be ranked in here, but I don't think they're going to be ranked. So Texas Tech for me is my team to make that TCU run. Not saying that they're going to make a national championship, but I'm just saying the Big 12 is going to be open and Texas Tech has the weapons on the offensive side. They've got to fix up a little bit on the defense. I think they're going to be fine. 24 is James Madison. This will be their first year uh, to actually win the Sun Belt Championship and compete for a title. And then number 25, I don't know why they're here, but Iowa. I guess that's just a hmm. pity vote, uh, but that's the top 25. Uh, and then Chet's comment says, I say that because I think the other team starting quarterback is Arkansas. That's actually not true uh, the SEC West. Uh, you do have Alabama losing their quarterback. Arkansas, you're getting K.J. Jefferson. Mississippi State is returning Will Rogers. Ole Miss will be returning Jackson Darden and Auburn. They haven't picked up anybody in the transfer portal, which I was definitely surprised of. I thought that they would be going after either Sam Harmon. Maybe they go after Spencer Sanders, but right now they're still going with their freshman uh, and Robbie Ashford. Uh, and then uh, who's the other team? Oh, yeah, Texas A&M will probably go with Mac Johnson if I would have to, if I would have to bet. All right, so – 
uh, that's looking at our way, way too early top 25 and our top 10 there. So a lot of teams with some question marks. My biggest one on that list is that them not showing enough love to Tulane, them being that far down the list for next season. They're not really losing anybody major, so it kind of makes me wonder uh, they're not really looking at another quality season for them again this year. It's still a bowl, uh, but nothing like what they did this season, which, of course, being in the top 10, uh, you know, looking at how they finished this season, um, you know, for them to drop, what, 10 spots yeah. is a long ways. So uh, it, it it really is interesting to, to see how them moving that far down the list. Uh, getting into our second to last segment of the show, of course, is our news segment. Uh, if you guys go to the bottom of our link, it is brought to you by Yeti. You guys can check that out over on the link below in our show. If you guys go over there and stock up on all your coolers, drinkware, and luggage for your durable, rugged trips. If you guys spend over $50 there at Yeti, you guys can get free shipping with your order there. Of course, it's always nice for free shipping, especially when it's coming all the way across the uh company so uh, all the way across the country yeah sorry it's been a very long day i've talked to a lot of companies today uh but no across the country uh if you guys want to go check them out they have all of uh those fun ones that that uh, you guys can check out there but um moving into our news tyler of course first biggest thing on the docket for the news um, is Spencer Rattler will be returning to South Carolina for the Gamecocks for another year. Uh, so I think uh, South Carolina is a team that we got to look out for again. You know, as long as Spencer Rattler there is, is there, I think that uh, South Carolina will be a problem in uh, the SEC. So we will see uh, how that fares. And of course he knows the system. Well, you know, coming back for another year, I know Shane Beamer probably had a lot of influence on him coming back for that season and how successful the season was for them. Yeah, definitely. And then of course the Wade comes at the right time. And of course, whenever we're talking about South Carolina, he jumps in. What's up Wade? Uh, yeah, this is huge news for, for the Gamecocks. And yeah, like Chet mentions, I mean, this was all time video by him. It's just like, I'm not really leaving. It's like I love that whenever quarterbacks and star players uh, return. So I think this is a big get uh, for South Carolina. You're losing uh, your defensive end. He's going to the transfer portal. Um, Marshawn Loy, their, their star running back, decided to go uh, to the University of South uh, Southern California. So he decided to go to the fake USC, I'm guessing, since a lot of South Carolina fans like to call them the real uh, USC. But I think uh, Wade brings up a good point. Spencer Rattler and the Antoine Wells uh, connection is definitely going to be huge. I think that the defense uh, showed some spurts uh, in the you know the season, but I still have question marks for them. But the SEC East, I feel like Georgia. I know they're going to be losing a lot again, but they're obviously going to be the number one team. But I think number two is going to either come down between South Carolina and Tennessee. That's going to be a huge matchup. Whenever that is, uh, South Carolina will obviously uh, play Georgia. Uh, on the road uh, but if you looked at Georgia's schedule recently in 2023 it's not that very hard I feel like uh, it's really really easy I, I it's like the very cupcakes you start off of UT Martin and Ball State and then the SEC just really doesn't I mean their cross rival is Ole Miss and they get them at home so I think that Georgia will probably ease through their schedule and win the SEC East but 
I feel like South Carolina can make some noise, uh, the noise that Tennessee made last year. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible uh, with them returning their field general for another season. In other news, going away from his college career and going to the NFL draft after he declared his star defensive player, Jalen Carter, from the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, I mean, back to back national championships can't ask for much more than that. Uh, he, I think, kind of knew that he was going to be pretty high on the list of guys. Uh, if he was to declare for the draft, I mean, he's a, a very sought after player, especially in the NFL. So uh, we'll see where you know he goes. He's probably a first rounder, no doubt. Um, it, it seems that. Uh, him declaring is is just what everybody was expecting, especially following a national championship. Yeah, this was just an inevitable move. I mean, you won back-to-back national championships. What's there else to do in your collegiate career? Uh, if the Chicago Bears do uh, keep their number one overall pick, I don't know if they will. Maybe we'll see a team like the Indianapolis Colts, a quarterback-needed team, uh, try and get up to the number one overall pick. But if the Bears do stay to the number one pick, then Jalen Carter, I could definitely see them. The Bears – Need defense, defense, and more defense. They do have their quarterback of the future with uh, Justin Fields, so they don't really need another quarterback. So I think that Jalen Carter, if he goes off the board, is going to be number one overall pick if Chicago's there. Yeah, so – and and also, you know, in other news, if we want to talk about – yeah, yeah, you could go for the three-peat. Yes, yes, Chad. I – That'd be very impressive if Georgia won three national championships in a row. That would be, I, especially I, after, you know, having that long drought of not winning a national title for like 20 years plus, and they win three straight. That would be insane. That, yeah, that's that's enough. And then they'll go on another – they'll go on a 40-year drought. Um, but, no, getting getting to our, our last player uh, as far as moves or stay, you know, do they, do they stay or go? Uh, actually, two more, I'm sorry. But uh, one of them returning for his season. One of our season, favorites uh, is Cam Rising. Mr. Mullet himself is returning to the Utes of Utah for his senior season after his injury uh, and had to leave the game during the Rose Bowl for the second year in a row. Uh, he was not able to finish the Rose Bowl, uh, but he's coming back to finish it for his senior season to see if he can lead Utah back to the. Or to the college football playoff and see if they uh, can be a factor next season. I'm sure uh, Kyle Whittingham had a lot to do with why Cam Rising is returning for his senior season. If Cam Rising stays healthy, has a good enough season, I can see him being a sought-after quarterback uh, midway uh, for for the NFL. You know, for the NFL draft, you know, being a, a mid-round pick. Um, but, yeah, I think this is big for Utah, especially uh, to get him back because that is your field general. And, you know, there is a big drop-off from what we saw going in, you know, with the Rose Bowl. You know, I don't think their backup had any, you know, thoughts that he would be playing in that game. Uh, and, really, they weren't ready for it. And you could tell that there's a lot of work needed on the back end. And a lot of teams have that work, and that's why you have springtime in all those training camps in order to get that all ironed out. But uh, big news for Utah. Yeah, big news uh, indeed. It's always huge uh, to get your your veteran quarterback uh, coming back uh, for another year. I think their main goal is to get to the college football playoff. They've been close uh, for the last uh, several years. We've been high on Utah. I'm sure that going into next season, we're going to be high on Utah. Once again, Cam Rising has been our dude here uh, on this show. Uh, I mean, we've given the Heisman hype. 
I think with all the quarterbacks leaving with Bryce Young, uh, C.J. Stroud, Stetson Bennett, Cam Rising could be one of the top quarterbacks all on that Heisman Trophy list. I think he brings the intangibles. Not only can he throw the deep ball, but he could also run you over because that's what he's built like. He's built like a, a tight end. So I think this is huge. Uh, Health-wise uh, is always going to be key for Utah going into the next season. If Cam Rising can stay healthy, then I think the Utes uh, can make some noise, not only in the Pac-12, but the national stage too. Yeah, and then closing out with our news, uh, last but not least, is the running back, star running back from Michigan. Blake Corum is returning uh, to Michigan after his season-ending injury. Uh, we never saw him return, uh, you know, towards the end of the season. So uh, he will be returning and be Michigan's RB1 for next season for sure. Um, I don't know if they know something that we don't. Um, about what's going on at Michigan or, you know, what's going to happen for next season. Of course, J.J. McCarthy is returning. Uh, a lot of their receivers are returning. Michigan's not losing a whole heck of a lot, really. Um, so, you know, they'll be returned, ready to go. We'll see how they fare for next season. Um, but, but I think Michigan will be a team to watch out in the East along with Penn State. I think Ohio State, you're going to see a little bit of a drop-off uh, only because there's no more C.J. Stroud. They got a new guy kind of, you know, that they're going to have to make sure that he's ready to go to play Ohio State football. And I'm sure Ryan Day will have him ready to do that. But I think it's going to take uh, at least one year for Ohio State to get back into the swing of things. Um, of course, we saw that, you know, with the change going from, to C.J. Stroud, you know, from your former quarterback with, with Justin Fields. I mean, uh, there was a little bit of a, of a spot there where, you know, we saw – what's Ohio state going to do? Are they going to be any good or, you know, what's going to happen? I, I think this is going to be um, a, a new year in the big 10 that we're going to see something uh, that we don't normally see from, from the big 10 East, at least um, that, that that's my thoughts. I don't know what your thoughts are, you know, looking at Michigan as a whole, you know, in their factor in the big 10. Yeah, I think that Michigan is going to have a, a good chance once again uh, to get back to the college football playoff, depending on what their head uh, football coach uh, decides to do, whether that's stay at Michigan or, or leave uh, for the big leagues. Uh, but Blake Corum coming back is definitely huge uh, for this Michigan running game. Like you mentioned, they're not going to be losing a lot. Uh, they're a young football team. They're, they are losing another tight end, uh, Shoemaker. He's going to the NFL draft. But pretty much you still have your receivers there. You'll have your one-two punch coming out of the backfield with Blake Corman and Donovan Edwards, and the defense will also be strong as well. Most of your guys that left uh, you uh, was uh, last season and heading into this season. So I think the Big Ten East is still going to be up for grabs. So I think that Michigan-Penn State game is definitely going to be huge. Uh, Penn State will have the advantage since it's in Happy Valley. That will probably be their wideout game, I would have to assume. I mean, this is going to be a top uh, five matchup, and winner goes uh, to the Big Ten Championship. So. I think that Michigan is definitely going to be in uh, for another good season. Hopefully this season they can actually win a playoff game and get to the national championship. Yeah, we'll see uh, what happens there in the Big Ten East and if Michigan can get back to the national championship or or the playoff uh, scenario for another season. Uh, moving on to our questions. Of course, our questions uh, are brought to you by Piper Golf. If you guys want to head over there and get some balls to pipe your drives, you guys can head over to piper.golf slash sportscramble10. You guys can head over there and pick up uh, your golf balls. It, they are tour quality golf balls for a non-tour price. You guys can head over there. They have golf balls for everybody from beginner all the way up to scratch golfers. Uh, so you guys can go check that out over at Piper Golf. Um, Tyler, 
with our questions here, the first thing is you kind of hinted at it, you know, is Jim Harbaugh, does Jim Harbaugh stay at Michigan or does he leave for the big leagues to go to the NFL? Yeah, I think that he stays, uh, ultimately stays at Michigan. I know that there's some allegations uh, going around the, uh, Michigan, but really there's no NFL jobs uh, that Harbaugh would really be interested in. Uh, the, the Denver Broncos, I know you have Russell Wilson there, but that was a team that went 4-12 and or 5-12 and this year, actually, since they, they beat the Chargers in Week 18. Uh, Houston Texans is another job uh, that's open, but we're seeing Houston is ultimate dumpster fire. Uh, right now. So there's not really a lot of jobs uh, that are really open in the NFL that would really entice uh, Jim Harbaugh. It's not the situation that he'd be walking into with San Francisco uh, with the pure talent that they have there. So I think that, I mean, he he built Michigan into what it is uh, right now. So I think that he comes back and he's going to really try his best. I think this is going to be ultimately his best team uh, that he's had. I think that with, you know, these are going to be some players that you have, especially at the quarterback position with J.J. McCarthy, He'll have uh, a year of experience now, and you're getting Blake Corn back. So I think this is going to be his best team that he's ever had at Michigan. Uh, so I think he ultimately uh, comes back, and I think that Michigan uh, will be back in the Big Ten East race. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is, is you know, you brought up the allegations thing. You know, if those allegations do end up standing, who knows what's going to happen with yeah. Jim Harbaugh. Uh, we could see know, Blake Corm leaving. Yeah, you could see a lot of these guys flip transfer out i mean there's a lot of a lot yeah, you know there's a lot of lines, unknowns you know a lot of unknowns right now um you know if the allegations are true if things stand where they are i think harbaugh has no choice if he wants to continue his football career he's gonna have to go to the nfl um that's my thoughts on it um you know of course if they are you know seen to be not true or, you know, false in any way. I, I think he does return to Michigan for another season. Why would he leave a very good program to go into full rebuild mode uh, with a major NFL organization? It doesn't make any sense. The only thing would be for the money. And I'm sure Jim's making just as much money as Michigan, if not more than he would be at the NFL. So it's one of those situations. Um, you know, he was unsuccessful in the first place in the NFL, um, and came back to college football, you know, him going back to the NFL would be an interesting move. Um, but who knows? I mean, we've seen it happen a lot with guys go back and forth. It, it, it happens. So uh, we, we could see something like that happen uh, there with Jim Harbaugh, with him either going to the NFL or staying, you know, pending these allegations uh, that are forthcoming. But uh, moving on to our last question here, of course, let's get some background on it. So, you know, uh, David Pollock is a uh, an analyst. Okay, we'll just call him an analyst for for the. Well, he's also a Georgia alum. He played linebacker at Georgia. Right. For more right. context but of this, I was trying to be nice um, <laughs> well, because I just to say because him and Nick Saban. I, I don't know how friendly they are. Um, but they're not friendly he now. Brought up. David Pollock brought up a point during uh, the broadcast, you know, there while they're they're there at the at the actual broadcast, you know, desk there, you know, you know, when they have a break or you know, saying that Georgia basically runs college football now. You know, Georgia is that team that runs college football now. Um, and of course, Nick Saban was their guest uh, there at the desk. And 
you kind of just saw Nick stare off into space. Like, did he just say that kind of moment? Um, and you saw like the twitch in Nick Saban's eye and you were like, Ooh, like that didn't sit well with him kind of thing. Um, <laughs> of course he didn't agree with them because you know, he's coaching the other team that's supposedly, uh, going, you know, question mark, but be a powerhouse in, uh, college football. And they have been for a long time. Uh, so yeah, the, our question here is Tyler, do you agree with David Pollock? Uh, man, you know, saying that Georgia is they, that they're running college football. It's ballsy. I got to give credit to him to say that in front of Nick Saban. And if anything, that's going to give fuel to the fire for Saban in the offseason. He's going to use that quote. Watch him put it, the quote on all the Alabama facility of David Pollock saying that Georgia runs college football now. They're going to post it on everywhere in that building. I bet you damn sure that that's going to happen in that facility. But going to the question, I mean, I, we're seeing that it's the Alabama dynasty over and that Georgia's taking over college football. I'm going to say, yeah, I think that Georgia is slowly taking over college football. I mean, it's hard to say after they just won back-to-back national champions. You can't really say no until somebody knocks them off. And like I mentioned, their schedule next year doesn't really give me the no question. I think that next year they're going to be in the same position, going to the college football playoff, competing for an SEC championship, and potentially winning three in a row, which would be absurd. But I think that slowly Georgia is going to be the new face uh, of the SEC. Not saying that Alabama is going to be done for, but I think that uh, Alabama next year with uh, a starting quarterback being gone, once you lose your quarterback, there's ultimately going to be a sudden drop-off. I mean, you're going to have guys around them. You'll still have Jermaine Burton, Ja'Cory Brooks. It will be your top two receivers. But Jameer Gibbs ultimately will go on to the NFL draft, so that opens up a hole for them in the running back position. Then in the linebacker position, Will Anderson's gone. Eli Ricks, one of your top cornerbacks, is gone. Then your top safety is gone as well. But like Alabama and Georgia do, they don't rebuild. They reload. I'm not saying that Alabama is going to be in a rebuilding year, but I think that this could be another 10-2 and two season uh, that Alabama has. I think that SEC West is just going to be overall better next year. I think that LSU is ultimately uh, going to be better. They have a couple of guys uh, coming back on both sides of the ball. They're going to be entering uh, some guys also are coming in from the transfer portal. I think that Ole Miss could be a team that we look at that could be a dark horse. Texas A&M, I know that we always talk about them in the preseason. They went from five – they had a five and seven season, but they have the talent. And then we'll see what Bobby Petrino does on offense coordinator. So I think that Georgia, to me – is now the king of the college football. Let me know if you agree. And also our comments. Let me know if y'all think that Georgia runs the college football. To me, I think so. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think I think that statement is correct. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier saying, you know, Alabama is my question mark team inside the top 10 only because of what they bring back. And the lack I think of- this will be like the 2023 will be like the first year we have serious question marks about Alabama. Yeah, you know, and I think this is the time that, you know, we have a lot of that, you know, in college football, and there's really only one for sure thing, and that is Georgia's going to be good every single year. Um, you know, I you're got a quarterback that doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of experience, but what from he played the other night, you know, he played pretty well. So uh, I think you know for Georgia to go out and get somebody 
they have to be good in order for them to seek them out. Um, Chet said that uh, he thinks that Georgia has a real shot to repeat, uh, but he's not going to lock them in just yet. Uh, and he said that's just based on the QB situation. Yeah, we're not getting our national title picks until yeah. we get closer. Not doing yeah, that. Just yeah, I mean, he Chet is right. You know, we haven't really seen this QB. We've seen him a little bit. Uh, you know, there to close the game up, but nothing to really gauge anything off of. Uh, so next season will really be a, a big one to watch for Georgia and see if there's anybody that can take down the top dog. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, who can do it and what team is capable of doing it and who can make a run. Uh, but of course, you guys are all have to you know stay tuned uh, in for that for uh, this off season and into the beginning of next season to see all of that play out. Uh, if you guys want to go see any more of our content, you guys can check us out at College Football Coast to Coast or CFB Coast to Coast. Uh, we are listed on there as, you know, as Monday afternoons. Normally, uh, that could change depending on how the week goes, especially here in the off season. A lot of craziness going around, nothing concrete schedule right now. Uh, if you guys want to go check out any more of our all sports content, you guys can check that over out at sports scramble we broadcast that on sunday nights you guys can check that out uh of course on youtube and apple podcast spotify and wherever else you get your podcast uh in tyler's sec talk right, we're in our off season now we won't have another show the... until march madness uh tips off okay okay so you guys will have to stick around for the basketball madness in march for sec talk to get tyler and wade's thoughts uh, on the SEC and how they are bouncing that basketball around. Uh, but of course, next week, guys, we have a little special something, something we will talk about in our show next week, the group of five um, as a whole next week. That's going to be our whole show. We'll be the group of five. We talk so much about the power five. So we got to give some love to our group of five. And next week we'll be dedicated to the group of five in the off season, looking at some teams and how they finished and where we see them going into next season. So you guys will have to stay tuned for that next week. Uh, of course, you guys can check us out everywhere uh, and give us some love there. Uh, of course, we love to see you guys interact with the show. Stuff's been going great. Show's growing. Uh, we're having a great time doing it. So uh, we stayed under an hour for our first show of the off season. Uh, so that's a plus. We're already off to a good start. So we will see you guys again next week for some more college football coast to coast.